My name is David, and this is the story of my recovery. My name is David, and I am an addict. Um, this is my story, uh, kind of starting from the beginning and kind of where I'm at today. So I grew up in a very, very normal household. Uh, I came up actually fairly affluent, uh, loving parents, one sister. Uh, you know, there definitely were some challenges. Uh, you know, my, my father is a, a physician and he, it, we never were disciplined, but it was somewhat cold and we always were starved for, let's say, not attention, but approval. And that kind of is pervasive through my life. Uh, and it's what I would say led me, uh, not led me, but it, it, it yeah, I'll say it led me into my addiction. And it was that, that seeking of approval, seek, uh, seeking to fit in, um, wanting to be cool. Um, you know, it's, it's a tried and true story. You know, it, it's nothing new. Um, I was 13 when I first started smoking pot. And it was not only did it, it get me in with the cool kids, but it also provided me with the first time of some pause in my head. Um, I, I always felt, and um, only recently, um, you know, during my recovery, ha have felt some control. But it always felt like I don't know if you've ever seen where the, at a circus there's a or a talent show where they have a, a guy who's spinning plates on sticks and he's going from one to the other to the other and they're just constantly spinning and he's just constantly keeping them going. That always felt like what was going on in my head. It always felt like I had so many trains of thought that were just going crazy. I, you know, I've learned now that part of that is anxiety. Um, part of that is uh, obsessive thinking. Um, and what didn't help was, was drug use and, and being 13, your, your brain is still very impressionable. And for me, it, it, it became every time I could, I did and did that for uh, 25, 28 years. Let me take a step back. So but part of it was, I. <laughs> I was I was 13, and like a lot of 13 year old kids, I, I was looking for porn, and in my house, and you know, looking in what I thought would be my father's stash, and I was in his library, and I pulled out a book, and a key fell, and I was really caught off guard. I had no idea what that key was for, or, or why it would be hidden. And then I went searching for what that key opened. And I searched and searched and finally found this file cabinet and opened it up. And sure enough, there was you know, some magazines in the top drawer. And on the bottom drawer was 
two big shoe boxes and in each shoe box was Ziploc bags of pot. And I didn't know what it was at first. I, I always pictured pot as this big leaf. I had no idea that it dries down and, and is something completely different. Um, I actually had to go to a friend that I thought was cool and I, I knew had smoked pot and had him tell me what it was. Um, and oddly enough, there was also a small little envelope that was in there and it had white powder and didn't know what it was, guessed what it was. And, and actually before I did pot, my first drug was, was Coke. And my friend and I, we rubbed it on our gums cause we had seen that in movies and we were hysterical. Our, our, our mouths were numb and we had trouble speaking. Um, and that was, you know, just a, a short-lived uh, foray into it. But then we went into smoking, and it got me in with the cool kids. It got me in with girls that wouldn't have spoken with me, you know, otherwise. And that is really the genesis of, of my my smoking. And I smoked a lot. I smoked. If I had it, I smoked it. it. It was never, let me just smoke a little to get high. It was, let me smoke until I can't smoke anymore, until my body stops, until I can't lift fire to plant anymore. And that's how I did it. And I got into college, and when I was in school, I, in college, I, I tried everything and pot really was, was the, the thing that, that I was attached to. It, it became part of my personality. You know, I, I was known as, as being a pothead, you know, I, I was still academically doing well. I, I was still social. Um, but it, it was known that, that I was, you know, a, a a connoisseur, should I say. Uh, and I did have a few times where I, I stopped. Um, there was, in my first uh, year in college, um, I was told that one of the medications I was on, that you could get fucked up from it. So I mixed a bunch of alcohol and these pills and passed out and it turns out I, I ended up having seizures and that scared the shit out of me. And I stopped, I stopped everything. And I did that for a year. And then I was on another medication. So I, I stopped drinking. So for a while I wasn't doing anything that lasted about a year. And then I started smoking again. Um, actually that's not true. See, uh, my, my memory is, is, is not always clear. Um, so I, I actually stopped for, for two years and I had a, a really bad breakup. And what happened after the breakup, uh, that same friend that showed me what pot was, he pressured me and, uh, you know, I was receptive, so I can't put it all on him, but he physically, you know, I was on the ground and he and his friends 
uh, tied me down and, and made me smoke because I, I was I was a wreck after this girl left me. I, I was I was I was in a bad way, and this alleviated some of that pain. And I went from there. I was walking on campus. This is kind of like a, a, a small detour, but I was walking on campus one day, and I saw this ex, the one that sent me into a, a tailspin and, and severe depression, saw her walking with a guy and I, I had to get out. So I ducked into the first building that I, I was in or that I, I found. And it turned out it was a study abroad office. And I was looking around and I, I made a decision right there. I'm getting, I'm leaving the country. You know, I, I, I know that that that's something that a lot of us want to run and dream of. Um, but I, I was fortunate enough to make it happen. And I, I chose a place where they spoke English. So I went to London and, and I was there for a year and a half. Um, and when I got there though, uh, I didn't have any connections, but come to find out this is what addicts do. We figure out a way to find it. You put us in a new place, and not only do we never forget how to get high, we know where to find it. We just do. We, we see people's cues. We know the lay of the land. It just happens. So that was January. No, I'm sorry. First time I smoked was 9-11. And I actually thought because I was high I wasn't seeing what I was seeing. It was uh, September uh, 9, 9-11, 2001. Uh, I was in another country for that. And I was high when it happened. So it was very surreal. And it turns out that my clean date now is September 10th. Um, you know, not that I those two dates ever lined up. But turns out, funny enough, that, that, that my clean date is the day before I first got high in London. Um, you know, it was 20 years later, but that's later on. Um, and from that point on, I, I never stopped smoking pot. Every day, multiple times a day, I smoked. Heavy, heavy smoker. And that lasted until... Uh, I would say 20, 2011, around then. And I had to stop smoking because I needed to find a job. And I was introduced to what was called legal weed, um, and also called incense, spice. Um, and I started down that road. And I, I thought I could say that I wasn't smoking because I was smoking that. Um, and not a lot of people know that that's the, the path I went down. Um, and we'll, we'll take it from there in a little bit. All right, so I'm back. 
still David, still an addict. Uh, this is the second part. Uh, I took some time in between uh, the recordings and, you know, I, I don't want to get too stuck in the weeds uh, as far as what I've done. Um, you know, I, I think there's a certain amount of catharsis of putting this into a recording and, and getting it off my chest. Um, but I, I don't want those parts of my past story to, to be the story. You know, I, I've done some things in recovery and, and I'd like to focus on that. Um, but th- there is, you know, two, two other pieces that I, I, I do want to get to, you know, before I, I get to actually being in recovery, being in the program. So when I ended the last segment, I mentioned getting into um, spice and that kind of world is called synthetics, uh, man-made chemicals that they come up with in a, a lab and they put onto, when it comes to spice, onto some you know, plant material and spray it down and you get high off the chemicals. So the, the second part, and this is where things really got dark for me, is I was in a head shop and they were running out of spice and, and I saw something else. And it turned out that there was this powder that you could snort and it would also get you hot. Um, turns out that that is also a, a synthetic and, you know, colloquially it's, it's called bath salts. And that's what I really got into. Um, I was doing a lot of it and I was doing it during work. I was doing it. I'm an addict. So there is no halfway. It's foot to the floor going nonstop and as hard as I can for as long as I can. And that's what I did. And that's what really started to take a toll on my health. I took a toll on my psyche, drove me pretty crazy, um, made me very, very unstable in, in so many, so many aspects that that's, that was really where things started to to go really, really wrong for me. I, I was flailing at work. I, I couldn't. I, I worked in insurance recruiting, and I, I couldn't fill one job. And I did it for two and a half years. Um, it was it was miserable, and. I eventually had a, a breaking point, broke down, and then I ended up in a treatment facility. And that break was was really rough. I I went through a detox that was took a, a an incredible physical toll on me. Um, you know, I I was I was really really sick, and no one knew you know, the extent of what I did because I I, I never shared it. it, It's pretty weird that I'm sharing all of this now. But that's something that the program has given me, is given me the ability to to 
speak my story and not fear repercussion because it's my past. It's not who I will be. It's not who I am today. It's who I was. And not to say that that's not still in me, but it's it's such a smaller percentage of who I am today than who I was then. And when I was in treatment, I was removed from the world that I I had insulated myself in and was given an opportunity to take a break from, from life. I didn't really participate in a 12-step program. I, I didn't, didn't get it. It was just more white-knuckling it and going to some psych classes and getting therapy. And it was, we, we did some meetings, um, but it, it really wasn't that, it, it wasn't pushed. And I wish it was. Uh, I Towards the end, I started to go to more meetings. And we went to a bunch of AA meetings. And I, I didn't, it didn't click with me the same way that NA did. I just felt more at home in those meetings than I did in AA. Um, and I, I, it's hard to describe to someone who hasn't felt that themselves. It, it just, these were more of the people that knew me. They had been to the depths of drug addiction and it was more of philosophy of any mind or mood altering substances that you're not prescribed by a doctor that you take in an effort to get out of where you are or to get high. Um, that rang more true than just drinking because drinking wasn't my thing. It never was. Uh, not to say that I didn't do it, especially in, in college to get fucked up but it, it wasn't my thing. Drugs were always my thing. So coming out of rehab, I struggled quite a bit, but I, I stayed clean. And I did that for, uh, I would say, four or five months. And you know, when opportunity presents itself, especially the addict in me, and I, I know that it's not too far away from me. And that's something I always have to remember. I was cleaning out my bedroom and moved a piece of furniture and there was a, a big you know, nugget of weed and I, I couldn't help myself. So the nine months I had, I gave that up. I smoked and... Fortunately, I, I didn't do anything more than that, but I, I started smoking daily again and hid it from everyone, and it was terrible. Um, I ultimately was caught by my wife rolling a joint downstairs. We lived in a, a fourth-floor condo, and I was in my car, and she just came up and 
knocked on the window and said, what are you doing? And I'll never forget that sinking feeling in my stomach that the world is going to end now. I, I, I would have killed myself if I could have. I, I, I didn't. But I felt like it. And I had to tell my parents. I had to go back to the meetings that I, I, and I was going to meetings daily, but I was doing it high and I thought I was being slick, but it turns out that I definitely wasn't the first and won't be the last person to do that. Um, but I, I had a friend in the program and I immediately called him up, told him what happened. He came and met me at, at uh, the meeting spot where, where I go and I gave him all of my paraphernalia, all the drugs I had, and gave it to him. And since that day, that was September 10th, 2018, I've been clean. Uh, I've been in the program now four and a half years. Um, I have a sponsor. I've worked steps. Um, I, I participate in meetings uh, somewhat. I, I, I don't do it that often. I'm, I'm not not very comfortable sharing. So again, this is it's very surreal to be doing this you know, in a recorded format, one that's going to last as long as I let it ride. But I'm also a, a treasure for my home group. You know, having a home group is a, is a big deal. It helps create this sense of fellowship. And that's also what really has kept me involved in the program and has helped me stay clean is the friends that I've met in recovery. Uh, people that know what I've been through and I know what they've been through. Um, I've shared all of this with my sponsor and hold nothing back from him. So there's a a certain sense of freedom that, that comes from that. And recently I've started a new job and it's actually the same job that I did when I went to rehab. I'm doing insurance recruiting again, but this time with a, a clear head and not being high every day, uh, I've, I've done I've done much, much better. Uh, I'm, I'm productive. I've filled a few jobs. I, I, I have a, a great job, great people around me that care about me. Um, and all of it is because I'm clean now. And I, I, I don't want to give this up for anything. This, this means so much to me. And that's my story. Thank you. My name is David and I'm an addict.